1 Peter chapter 1 verses 13 21, page 1217 in our church Bible. chapter 1 verses 13 21 therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when jesus christ is revealed at his coming as obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance but just as he called you as holy so be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because i am holy Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, so your faith and hope are in God. Thank you, Elizabeth, for reading. Do keep that open, won't you? We're going to be looking at it a few times this morning. But let me ask you first, I wonder if you're any good at spotting the odd one out. Have a look at this. Can you see which of these tortoises is the odd one out? Have a look, chat to the person next to you. Okay, let's see where it is. There it is, look, hidden in its shell. Okay, how about the next one? Lots of seals, which one's the odd one out? Can you see, show us, Lewis. There it is in the bottom, fish in its mouth. How about this one, which is the odd one out here? Lots of camels, which is the odd one out? Do you spot it? Let's have a look. There it is. One hump. The odd one out. Okay, how about this one? Loads here. Have a look. Did you see? Which is the odd one out? Show us, Lewis. Over there. Little baby tucked away. Okay, last one. Which of these is the odd one out? What do you think? Did you see it? Let's see where it is. There it is, bending down. The odd one out. I wonder how you did. Well, in our Bible reading that Elizabeth just read to us, just there, Peter, that's Jesus' friend and apostle, he's writing to Christians in, in all sorts of different places to encourage them to live differently. In verse 14, he was urging them to 
not to conform. That means not to go with the flow and just live the same as everyone else. But verse 15, to be holy. And holy means to be different, to be set apart, to live God's way, reflecting something of God's perfect, holy character. It means, in a sense, to be the odd one out. But that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? I mean, maybe you're sitting there thinking, yeah, right, why would I want to do that? Because, well, we, we don't like feeling like the odd one out, do we? We don't like feeling like we're different to other people around us, like, like we're the one who's a bit weird. We, no, we like to fit in. We like to be liked. If you're a, a pathfinder or a graftee, I, I wonder how this sounds to you. To be the one who's different, who, who, who doesn't fit in. I wonder how that feels at school to, to be the one who admits that they follow Jesus, to, to live differently to how everyone else seems to be behaving. I guess particularly when you know, well, you know how people who are different can sometimes be treated, don't you? How unfair and unkind, even cruel, other people can be. It's a hard thing to, to be the odd one out, to be different. The Christians that, that Peter was writing to, they knew all about that. Lots of them were being laughed at and lied about and hurt for being different, for following Jesus. It's a hard thing to be the odd one out, to be different, to live differently. But Peter is writing this letter to these Christians and to us to encourage us to keep living God's way. And he's doing that by reminding us of two amazing things that we're going to look at this morning. And here's the first. He wants us to remember where we really belong. In verse 17 of our reading, we're told to live our lives as foreigners. Now, can I ask you to put your hand up if... Um, in the last little while, you've visited a foreign country, or you've lived in another country, or, or if you're, you're here in the UK from a different country, can you, can you just put your hand up for me? Lots of different people. It can feel like a strange experience, can't it? I wonder if, if you felt like, well, you didn't really belong, or that you don't really belong. When, when everyone is, is talking differently and maybe eating different food and behaving differently, even how people say hello can be different, can't it? If you're from a country where you're used to getting a really enthusiastic hug or maybe being kissed on the cheek when you arrive in the UK, and what do you get? Well, a nod and, and a, a stiff handshake. If, you, if, you, if you're very welcome, it can feel strange, can't it, to, 
to be in a different country, to be in a foreign country, when, when you know, well, you don't really belong in that country because you belong somewhere else, to another country, your home country. And that, says Peter, is what it's like to be a Christian. We're to, to live differently because we are different. Because we belong not to a different country, but to a different family. Because God has made us part of his family. And amazingly, we now get to call the God who made everything our Father. Did you see that in verse 17? The God who made the universe, we belong to him. And he loves us like the most perfect dad. And so we can trust him. We can trust him even, even though people around us might treat us unkindly or unfairly for being a Christian because we know our perfect heavenly father, he'll always be perfectly kind, perfectly fair. That's what that word impartially means in the middle of that verse, perfectly fair. We have a God who loves us like a perfect heavenly dad. So we can trust him. And we can know that we belong to him. And that's an amazing thing to know. And if when we really know it, well then, of course it's going to change how we live, isn't it? Of course we're not going to live the same as the other people around us who, who haven't yet been brought into God's family. We're going to start to live like our heavenly father. That's what children do, isn't it? They, they start to behave like their parents. I'm sorry, but it's true. So if, if you're sitting near to a parent um, this morning, just, just have a look. I'm sorry, but it is inevitable. It's going to happen. And Peter's saying, well, just the same. You'll live differently if you know where you really belong. If you know that as a Christian, God has brought you into his family. There's more we're going to look at in a moment, but first we're going to sing a song that helps us to to think a bit more about that. It reminds us that God has brought us into his family. So as the music starts, let's stand and let's sing that together. And do flick back to page 12, 17 if you've, if you've closed that. So how can we live different, holy lives as Christians? Well, firstly, by remembering where we belong in God's family. But there's much more than that. Because then Peter goes on to tell us just what our Father God has done to bring us back into his family. He tells us next how we were bought back. In verse 18, Peter says, he says, remember you were redeemed. 
It's a funny word, isn't it, redeemed? It, it, it's a word that, that was used about slaves. In the past, if, if you were a slave and someone redeemed you, it means they paid a price to set you free. And that, says Peter, is what our Father God has done for us. He's paid the price and he's bought us back out of slavery and into his family. That's what we've just been singing about, isn't it, in that song. Free at last, he has ransomed me. But did I really need freeing? I mean, was I really enslaved? Well, yes, Peter says to us, but, but not to a human slave master, not with, not with metal chains that you can see, but to what he calls a way of life. I wonder if you notice this over here. Looks exciting, doesn't it? Who can see what it says on the front? Someone shout it out for me. Shout it a bit louder. Thank you. This is the life. And it does look like the life, doesn't it? I mean, look at what's written around the side. Being happy and rich and famous and looking good, having loads of fun, being popular. Sounds like the life to me, doesn't it? Who'd like to come and help me? Open it up, see what's inside. Someone to come and help me. Come on, Matty. See what's inside. The box that says, this is the life. Thank you, Matty. Okay, do you want to pull that for me? Good, good. Well done. And the other one, there's another one. Brilliant, fantastic. Now, open it up, open it up. Tell us what's inside the box, Matty. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, it's, it's, it's completely empty. Matty, thank you very much. Let's give him a clap. What's that all about then? Well, that, says Peter, is what God has rescued us from. An empty way of life. Because you know, well, every one of us lives for all sorts of things. Things that, that aren't God, but that we try to make into our God. Things like looking good, having fun, getting rich, not bad things in themselves. Some of them are really good things. But we try and make them what life is really all about. We, we ignore the, the real life-giving God. We, we, we push him away. And we try to make these things our God instead. What we really live for. But they... Well, they can't give us what we think they will. They're, they're empty. In fact, they make us slaves. They trap us, always chasing after these things and running away from the real God who rightly is angry that we've, well, we've swapped him for something so empty, something that can't give us life. So we're in trouble, aren't we? 
if we're slaves like that. And the Bible says that we are. That that's you and that's me. Or at least it was. Because the Bible also says that if you're a Christian, then that's not you anymore. Because your Father God has redeemed you. He's paid the price and bought you back out of that slavery and into his family. But what kind of price did he pay? What did it cost him? Well, let's have a think about some things, shall we? I'm going to need five more volunteers. You just need to hold some things. Do you, come, Elizabeth, do you want to come out again? Florence, do you want to come? Lucy, you're going to hold something. You come and hold this for me. Turn around. Well done. Hold it up nice and high. You come and stand here. Well done. Brilliant. Turn it around that way. That's it. Well done. If you stand there, fantastic. We'll find out what these things are in a minute. Brilliant. Thank you very much. If you hold that one for me, if you turn around, super. And the last one. So what have we got? We'll put them up on the screen as well. So you can see we've got a bar of chocolate. We've got a bar of gold. We've got, hold that up for us. We've got a bunch of flowers, nice bouquet. We've got an Isla bike, nice green one. And we've got an all-inclusive ticket for Chessington World of Adventures. Okay, turn to the person um, next to you and try and decide, can you put these in order from the least valuable to the most valuable? And if you can... Try and work out what you think each of them is worth. I'm just going to give you a minute to think about that. Okay, I wonder if you've decided how much you think they're each worth. Let's see if we can put them in order. So the first one, let's have that one up, Lewis. The first one, hold it up, Lucy. The least value, the bar of chocolate, pound fifty. that one from Tesco. What was next? Let's have that up. It was the Chessington ticket. Come and move around here, Florence. Only £39.50, a bargain. What's next? The flowers. £51 from Interflora. £51. Yours today. A bit later. What's next? The Isla bike. £439 apparently. What a snip that is. And the last one. The bar of gold. Apparently. So Gold Direct tells me you can buy this this afternoon for £511,340. I wonder how you did. These are all great things, aren't they? But I guess you probably worked out 
what was the most valuable. Because we all know, don't we, that, that gold has lasting value. Flowers, they're very nice, aren't they? But they'll soon droop and die. Chocolate, if it lasts that long, will go out of date. Chessington tickets, they expire, don't they? I mean, even, even an Isla bike can go rusty and fall apart. Thank you, you four of you. Go and sit down. Keep that stuff. So keep holding this for me, Elizabeth, because gold, well, gold has lasting value, doesn't it? I mean, that's why we talk about the gold standard. Because, well, because all our money is based on the lasting value of gold. So just listen to the funny thing that Peter says when he tells us what God has paid to buy us back. He says, for you know that it was not with perishable things like silver or gold. What? But, but gold's Gold's precious. 511 grand. Gold has lasting value. But says Peter, what God has paid to buy us back is so incredibly precious, so supremely valuable that, well, it makes even solid gold seem cheap and worthless. Elizabeth, thank you. Let's give them a clap for helping me. So what is this supremely valuable thing? Well, Peter tells us in verse 19, the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. What's that about? I mean, I mean, why does it, he suddenly stop talking about gold and start talking about blood and lambs? Well, because Peter wants to take our minds back to the time of the Passover. It's a time when, when God's people, they were, they were slaves in Egypt. And God's judgment was going to fall on every family in the land. Every single firstborn son was going to die. But God had a rescue plan. God had made a way, the only way, for his people to be safe. And what was that way? Well, that every Israelite dad would take a lamb. Not just any lamb, their very best lamb. A perfect lamb, a lamb without blemish or defect. And what did the dad have to do? Well, he killed the lamb and he took the blood and he put it on the door frame of the house. So that God's judgment would pass over. So that his son wouldn't die. He'd be saved. 
Thank you. Let's give them a clap. It sounds gory, doesn't it? But the dads, of course they did it. Because they trusted God. And because they loved their children. But Peter's saying that that first Passover, well, it's a picture of God's much, much bigger rescue plan. A plan that verse 20 of our reading tells us God made before he even created the world. God's plan to rescue for anyone who trusts in him. Rescue us from the death that we all deserve for living our lives, ignoring him and chasing after empty things instead. And what was that plan? Well, that the perfect heavenly dad would pay the highest possible price. This dad, he'd do what no other dad would do. This heavenly dad would give up the thing that he loved most in the entire universe. He would give up his one and only precious, perfect son, Jesus, to die in our place, just like the Passover lamb. Isn't that amazing? That our heavenly father would give his precious son to die so that we can belong to his family and be loved by him forever. Isn't that amazing? It's meant to make us go, wow. And it's meant to cause us to live differently. Live differently this week with our friends at work, in a couple of weeks' time at school or college. Live differently. As it, as it says, did you notice that in verse 17? In reverent fear. Not, not because we're scared of God. That's not it. But that we're amazed at what he's done, at just what it cost him to save us. And so, well, we shudder to think that, that we'd ever want to live as if what he's done, it doesn't matter. That we'd ever want to, to live for, for empty things instead, rather than for the heavenly father who loved us so much that he paid the most incredible price to bring us back home to him. Let me say a prayer. Father God, it is an amazing thing that you would love us so much that you would pay that price, that you would send your own son to die in our place 
to take the punishment we deserve so that we can be free and we can belong to you. Thank you for his death. Thank you for his resurrection. Thank you that we can belong to your family. In Jesus' name, amen.